0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey,
1: everybody. Happy Friday from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with WBEZ and Vocalo Radio's Ayana Contreras. Hey. Alt-Latino's Felix Contreras. Hey, two. <laughs> <laughs> and from WBGO and Jazz Night in America, Nate Chenin. What's up, Robin? It's New Music Friday, and we're looking at the best albums out now on May 27th. There's a new Wilco record out today. We've also got a debut full-length from the singer Umi. But we start with the latest in the Jazz is Dead series from Ali Shahid Muhammad and Adrian Young. This one, Jazz is Dead 12, it features Gene Carn. This is the cut called Black Love.
2: The Jazz is Dead series has done a lot to become gateway drugs for younger listeners to these pivotal 60s, 70s jazz icons, introducing them to this music. But I don't think they've done enough to do that for female artists. And Jean Carn was a clear choice of somebody that they could do. So I was really excited to hear it. And what's wonderful about the recording is it kind of feels like the era when she was recording with her former husband, Doug. Back in the day when they were living on the West Coast down the block from Earth, Wind & Fire. And it was like a scene, the early 70s. And there was probably like a lot of carob. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I think it's really a beautiful recording and I'm really glad that they took
3: their time with it you mentioned Doug he was in the series early on I wonder whether there was a conversation at some point either internally or externally where they're like well we've done Doug we should really be looking at Gene as well
2: If I remember correctly, she performed during their Jazz is Dead series at the Lodge Room in L.A. years ago, or at least she was scheduled to record There was something like that. I don't know. And if not, maybe it was just my lucid dreaming, wishing it to be so. (laughs) Because it does seem like such a natural fit.
3: What you said about The Gateway Drug, I love about this series because, you know, these are crate-digging producer types who are behind this series. And so often the impulse is to you know, pull some record from the 70s and say, hey, like, check this out. I bet you haven't discovered this before. And that's great. But then to go one step further and say, actually, the originators, the people behind the sound are, they're still with us. And like, we can give them their flowers now. And look how good they sound. And she's a perfect example of that.
4: And for folks who experienced that the first time around, this refresher course is just so much fun, man. It's like the whole idea of being able to go back and say, like, oh yeah, I forgot about that, you know, and, and go back and really revisit just how good the music was and how sometimes ahead of the times they were, but mostly it doesn't sound dated. It's just, it stands the test of time and it's just a joy. It really is a joy to, to be part of that. Gene Carn,
1: along with Ali Shaheed Muhammad and Adrian Young on the Jazz is Dead series, Jazz is Dead, this is number 12, volume 12. Up next, we've got a new double album from the band Wilco out today. It's called Cruel Country, and this track is called I Am My Mother.
3: Dangerous dreams have
2: been detected Streaming over the southern border
3: Here we are with a double album, Cruel Country, which is a play on words, sort of coming to terms with the idea of country music as a tradition to which they belong. But as is always the case with Jeff Tweedy, any sense of belonging has to be spiked with ambivalence and self-doubt and the sort of critical distance. Mm. Um, One thing that Wilco does so well is is they are really a band, you know, and and they recorded this in the most old-fashioned way possible. They set up in the loft. Basically, it's all one takes. Apparently, there were no sound baffles or separation. It was, you know, really kind of like a jam. And that energy comes across largely, I think, to its benefit. And then sometimes, you know, I mean, this is a double album that, If you were to say this somewhat shaggy double album could be a a pretty tight single album, I would not argue with you. (laughs) Um, But the moments that really click here, they're so good. So you hear the title Cruel Country
1: and that the song I Am My Mother is what opens the record, which is a very country song. And the band is getting back to its all-country roots across this record, but it's really a reference to the state of America and, you know, just how polarized we are and just how broken everything feels, especially when you think of some of the headlines of the past week uh, or two. I don't know. I thought this was, particularly lyrically, a really
3: powerful record. I agree, Robin. Lyrically, I mean, there's just so many bars on this album. If you make it all the way through the album, you finally get to a song called The Plains." It's boring
0: They don't tell you that Wait it's all they ever say
2: It's hard to watch Nothing change
3: It's impossible How slowly things fade There's a couplet that almost just kind of brushes past, but it really... St- hit me the first time I heard it. It's hard to get used to feeling useful when you never get over feeling used. If you stop and actually think about that and think about it coming from Tweety's mouth, it's like there's a lot to unpack there. And there's just so many moments like that on this album. But at the same time, relaxing into this idea of, okay, we're making a country album, whatever that means. It also gives him license to play. We're talking about kind of heavy, weighty issues here. But I wanted to call out a song called A Lifetime to Find, which has this very frisky energy.
2: Oh, death, oh, death, I was just getting dressed. This is a mess, I was hoping you'd forget.
3: I can feel you in my chest, I can feel you in my chest. Oh,
2: yes, oh, yes, death never rests. I can see you've done
3: your best the problem is just this It's too late for regrets I am here to collect It just rattles along, and you just get the sense that he's he's having fun with the assignment.
1: Yeah, and all the while, he's confronting just America's troubled history and the mess we're in, but also the anger and violence that he knows is sort of seething inside himself. Like on a song, Heart's Hard to Find. He says, I don't mind when certain people die, which is a really brutal thought that a lot of people have had (laughs) off and on over these past couple of years. But then he wonders, you know, what on earth is wrong with me? What kind of monster have I become? It's a very profound form of,
4: of folk music, storytelling. His mind, his place in this society at this moment in time.
1: A lot to dig into and a lot to love on the new double album from Wilco. It's called Cruel Country. Let's go next to what Felix, I know you say is your album of the year from X Alfonso. It's called Ancestros Sinfónicos. This is the song Yacuma Carere.
2: Yacuma Carere, a la <laughs>
4: In the most simple terms, this is a symphonic interpretation of the music of a band called Sintesis, which was a band from Cuba in the 1980s that performed uh, traditional music from the spiritual realm that most people call santeria. They performed it with jazz fusion instruments, electric guitars, electric keyboards, but with the traditional chanting on top. Carlos Alfonso is the bass player and his wife, Eme Alonso, who was the vocalist in the band. That was their band. Their children were part of the band and one of them was a guy named Equis Alfonso. And he was a vocalist. He's also an electronic keyboard artist and stuff. What he's done is he's used his symphony orchestra to interpret the instrumental parts of the music. And it's very complex. There's all these rhythms. There's seven deities in afro Cuban pantheon. And each one has like a whole bunch of rhythms and songs associated with it. So what they've done is they've used the orchestra as almost like an instrument. As you heard at the beginning, you heard all these intricate parts going back and forth. Those are drum parts called bata drums. I'm a student of Cuban music. I've played the music. And there's something about the spiritual nature of Santiría music, because it's vocals, it's rhythm, and it is speaking to something that's greater than all of us, right? It's this whole thing. But this record... It's really like one of the best things I've ever heard interpreting this music because the the instrumentation and the orchestration is just phenomenal. I don't know how Eckerts was able to come up with all of this intricate arrangement. It's really a fabulous record. I listened to it one Saturday two times in a row sitting on my couch, loud. It's like going to church. It's like being in the spirit, being in the moment, but also appreciating the musicianship. You'd have to put pause on me right now because I can keep talking about this <laughs> record. You know, it's really, I I really feel at this point, it's definitely my album of the year, but it really is one of the best records I've ever heard in my life. That's how strongly it impacted me.
2: I've never heard this music in this context before, like with the very intricate orchestrations. I'm, I'm a super fan of orchestral jazz-based music, so... It was really a beautiful experience. And also, I really enjoyed how the songs actually encapsulated these Yoruba deities, like their personality. So like a the trickster, oh, right? Yeah.
3: Like it felt like those bodies. So it was great. Thank you, Felix, for introducing me to it. This was quite a surprise for all the reasons that we've been discussing, you know, just the sonic tapestry. Yet it does not feel overblown or like inflated in any way like it's it still has the kind of folk spirit of this music it's kind of like a magic trick you know because there's a way to do this where you're just like layering and layering and the thing just gets really kind of top heavy and feels fussy or grandiose that's not happening here
1: i could see this all unfolding in some elaborate stage production you know like these Mm. big flourishes and swells the horns are just are really thick and kind of brawny the thing i kept thinking is that the whole record just thrums with
4: life. I did an interview with Carlos Alfonso and Ele Alonso when they were in D.C. performing at the Kennedy Center. I asked him, you know, we asked him, what are your influences? We do that for a lot of musicians. And I was really blown away that his first answer was Queen, the rock band Queen. Oh, wow. Because of the way they stacked their vocals. Hmm. And his mission, he said, was always to combine the drumming culture of the African communities outside of the United States with the vocal traditions that were developed here in the United States because the enslaved folks were not allowed to bring their drums or to practice that part of their culture. That's why there's such a great, rich vocal tradition. And he tried to combine that in his band with the stacked vocals, you know, and it really comes true because it's Carlos Alfonso singing Ele Alonso singing, their daughter, Emma Alfonso singing. It's just beautiful.
1: Equis Alfonso on this epic new album, Ancestros Sinfonicos. We do have a few more releases we want to highlight for
0: this week's show, including the new one from Umi, but first we need to take a short break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, MassMutual. According to calendar.com, the average person schedules just 4.5 hours per year on finances. MassMutual gets it. Life is busy. If you can't find time to plan your financial future, find someone who can, like a MassMutual financial professional. For the last 170 years, they've helped people plan for retirement, college tuition, and any other short- or long-term financial goals. Learn more at MassMutual.com. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how her team makes an impact.
3: We always do what we like to think of as actionable science. So the work that we do makes its way to things like nutrition and physical activity guidelines for cancer.org, where millions of people come each year to learn about how they can better prevent cancer.
0: To learn more, go to cancer.org.
1: It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton with Ayana Contreras, Felix Contreras, and Nate Chenin. And we're looking at the best albums out on May 27th. We start the second half of the show off with the R&B singer Umi. Her debut full length out now is called Forest in the City. This is the song What Would You Do?
2: That I could read your mind yeah. I get it, I get it, I get the vibe yeah. Can't take it, i freaking advice? Yeah. I see niggas getting in line yeah. You can't even get on my line yeah. And I don't even fucking like it When you face facing your bomb The back of the car anyway. I wasn't super familiar with Umi. Like, there's a couple of songs that had kind of gone viral a few years back, including um, 2018's Remember Me. There's just, like, a lot of, thematically speaking, a lot of I'm-just-going-to-lay-this-all-on-the-table vibes Mm. going on. There are a lot of truth-telling, as they like to say, which I like. I mean, I think maybe I might have aged out of the candy-coated love song period of my (laughs) life. So this one hit right for me in this moment.
3: Thank you, Ayana, for bringing this, because you you said you were slightly familiar. I was completely unfamiliar with Umi. This is new to me, and I was really drawn to the the sentiment and the, the attitude. And then also just... What a beautiful voice. Um, Oh, my God. You know, so expressive, so warm and welcoming. Comforting. Um,
1: That's what I kept thinking.
3: It's just such a comforting sound. It's something that you can bask in, and then also there's a point of view.
4: I really like the the sonic textures in the background. The beds on which they put these vocals on, you know, there's just a lot of thought. And it sounds very casual, but production geek that I am, I'm just, I'm really knocked out by a lot of the stuff that happens Mm -hmm. underneath
1: And Ayana, to your point thematically, uh, the thing that I like about the record is that it's not a lot of those candy-colored love songs. She's really questioning, you know, even in the title, Forest in the City, she questions what have we lost as we've gotten further and further away from our our roots in the natural world. You know, what the modern world has done to our mental state and how we hold on to our sanity and, and inner peace when, you know, we're living on the grid.
2: Yeah, and men are trash. There's also a there is of the those Rexes, too. I mean, I think, yeah, for all of her welcoming voice, it sounds like the sounds of her voice. I think there's a lot of um, confrontation. Hmm. She's using the voice in a way like asking these questions. I don't want you to be lulled by the, my voice. I want you to really think about what's going on in the world around you and, and our interpersonal dealings with one another with this voice. So using her tool to instigate as opposed to coddle, I think, was a great move. Umi, her debut album is called
1: Forest in the City. Another one that we're loving out today is a really remarkable record from the South African composer and pianist Nunduzo Mokitini. It's called In the Spirit of Ntu, and this song is called Mama. Mama.
3: Duduzo Makatini is a pretty remarkable musician. At the moment, he's kind of the, the shining light of South African jazz, really a sort of ambassador. And this album actually inaugurates a new label imprint, Blue Note Africa, which will be committed to bringing forth more music from the African jazz scene. Duduzo, in addition to being a pianist and a composer, he is, he is a healer someone who thinks a lot about social structures you know this album thematically deals with you know how to rebuild in the wreckage of of a colonial society you know and dealing with the aspects of colonialism that are still very present you know so there's a lot of struggle in this music but there's also this teeming life force and a lot of like beauty and questing he accesses this communicative tradition that you know we associate with john coltrane and pharaoh sanders and his countryman abdullah ibrahim there's a lot of these different reference points on the album you know a jazz person will, will hear this album and think oh here's some felonious monk here's some abdullah but i'm never distracted by that because there's such a clarity of purpose in what he's putting forward and the bandmates and vocal collaborators and everyone else involved. Like, it all feels very organic and, like, a really holistic expression. I really
4: appreciate it. It, it reminded me a lot of the the music of a Cuban pianist named Omar Sosa. Mm. He doesn't call his music spiritual, but a lot of people who experience his music have that kind of relationship with it, that same space of going, going within.
2: What I did feel, to your point, Nate, was a definite like through line to some of that more early 60s introspective, spiritually exploratory, we'll say, mm-hmm. improvised music <laughs> that came out. Yeah. You know, it was really
1: a treat. Unuduzo Makatini, the album is called In the Spirit of Ntu. All right, as always, there are more great albums out than we can fit in a single show this week. I'll list some of the other notable releases out today in the episode description of the podcast and also on our website. But let's just take a minute to flag some of our personal favorites. Ayana, we'll start with you.
2: Ooh, this is Brian Jackson. It's so funny because uh, you know we get to hear records sort of before they come out, and I was saying to a friend, "Man, have you heard this Brian Jackson? It's amazing!" And it totally was not out yet, but that's how excited I was by it.
4: They kept it
2: You know, if you might be familiar with Brian Jackson from his work with Gil Scott Heron, obviously. But this record really forwards, foregrounds what he really contributed to those amazing albums back in the 70s. And that spirit of, like, we can make it. I needed it in the moment that I heard it. And I've been listening ever since.
1: Also, he collaborated with Ali Shahid Mohammed and Adrian Young on Volume 8 of the Jazz is Dead series.
2: The circle of life. Just
4: keeps <laughs> the Felix, there's a great new record from a vocalist named Mireya Ramos, and she is one of the vocalists of the group Florida de Toloache, the all-female mariachi from New York. Uh, she has her first solo album called Mireya.
2: Mm.
4: An amazing voice. Really a strong, strong debut as a solo artist. Continues her work with the mariachi, the Florida de Toloachi. Lots of respect, mad respect for her. Great new record.
3: Nate. So this is maybe a cheat because the soundtrack itself has been streaming for a while, but there is a physical release now. I'm talking about Johnny Greenwood's soundtrack to The Power of the Dog. ¶¶ this film has been a little divisive. I personally was very impressed by it, but didn't love it. I had some problems with it. But the score is just absolutely stunning. And honestly, one of the best things about the film. I felt that as I was watching the film. And when you revisit it as just as a piece of music, Johnny Greenwood has become this incredible film composer, utilizing all kinds of modernist classical techniques and brooding atmospherics and special effects and all kinds of stuff and it's really ingenious the way that he puts it together
1: there are so many albums out today that i can mention but for something different i'll just flag the new one out today from the artist known as high that's h-a-a-i high she's a, a london-based artist who makes this what's often very jagged electro pop music and dance music her debut album is called baby we're ascending Maybe we're ascending from the singer and producer, Hi. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. Ayana Contreras, Felix Contreras, and Nate Chenin. Thanks so much, everybody. Nate, you got to change your name, man, in order for this to
3: work. Come yeah, I know. I'm thinking about it. Make I mean, what an honor to be a Contreras. <laughs> I would, <you> know. <laughs>
1: Our show was edited and mixed by Ron Scalzo. It was produced with help from Bob Boylan. Our VP of Visuals and Music at NPR is Keith Jenkins. As I mentioned, you can see a list of everything that we played and other notable releases out today in the episode description of your podcast feed and on our website at npr.org allsongs all songs. Search for NPR's New Music Friday playlists in Apple Music and Spotify to hear full versions of all the tracks. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter at npr.org musicnewsletter music newsletter. For NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Dignity Memorial. When your celebration of life is prepaid today, your family is protected tomorrow. Planning ahead is truly one of the best gifts you can give your family. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's
4: Body Electric Challenge